The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. On the road today, we're at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. We're squeezed right between Cabela's and Embassy Suites. Guy who just got a shout-out about a week ago on Better Call Saul, Brandon Kenny, <laughs> is uh, with me today. Of course, uh, Elijah Herbal back at our studios in Lincoln. We are honored uh, to be on in Omaha today as we get kicked off on uh, ESPN Omaha, 4-6, to six, uh, right after the Nick Handley Show and uh, preceding Sports Nightly. So numbers to get in and join us here on Hale Varsity Radio, 466-3776-4676-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, BK, your Twitter handle is uh, BKitty84. Yeah, I've been locked out of that thing for years, though. You've been locked yes, out of Twitter? Man. I've been locked out of that for, like, <laughs> I know Audie and them were doing some stuff with it a long time ago. Okay. But it's just like, yeah. Well, Audie so. and Blake are the two guys to know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially right? the Twitter game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk a little wide out, a little uh, offensive football yeah, today man. with uh, BK. as He's kind enough to pop by. Uh, we'll check in with Dr. Rob Zadiska as he'll join us. Also, Tony Veland uh, set to stop by, and uh, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, <laughs> kicks off hour two. So, Elijah, uh, thanks for, for keeping quarters in the machine, man. What's new with you? Good weekend. You ready for some football? You know, I, for me, it's uh, I'm on fireman duty today, just in case there's any fires with the, the new affiliates up in Omaha. I'm just here to, to grab the hose and put out the fire and keep us moving today. <laughs> so, uh, I can handle it, and um, I'm enjoying it here in Lincoln today. BK, what's up with you? Good weekend. Ready for some ball? What's yeah. this? What's this time of year do for you with, with now day three or four at camp? At what point were you like, man, is camp over? Man, I'm been it, back. It's so funny because I talk about. Uh, I was just talking to my youth boys about a week ago how I used to cold tub and I would cold tub like from my neck down to make sure I would be able to come back the next day and be yeah. ready to go. But man, camp is always long, man. But what you sent me earlier about Mickey talking about you got to put days together. It's really it speaks volumes because that that's the ultimate goal is to really just compete, but also put days together. So when you are ready to step out there Saturday, like you're ready to go full go. So I I can imagine uh, to to get into the heat, humidity and <laughs> dial through it. And then you're hitting one another. You're hitting one another. And then let's get to uh, to Ireland if you're Nebraska. Yeah, and it's, it's a interesting setup and a thought from you. Where, where are you at as a former Husker? Mm. Uh, from an optimism and a realism standpoint, mm-hmm. as you look at this season, we, we know what's 
out there, and that's, you know, kind of put up or shut mm-hmm, up season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, for Scott. And I know a lot of Nebraska fans want, want the, the put-up part. And, hey, uh, a lot of new talents yeah. been infused. Yeah. Where yeah. are you at here, man, as a guy that uh, wore that red N and uh, have been watching for a while? Yeah, I'm always optimistic, um, but I, I feel like I'm more realistic than some Husker fans. I'll, I'm in the Husker chats on Facebook, and it's always like, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid this year. We just got this player. And it's just like, yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm always optimistic and excited to see them. I, I, I was telling someone at church yesterday, I hope that Scott is the guy. I want him to be the guy. I believe that he is. I hope that it's a huge change and jump this year um, to where we can really build on something and put seasons together, right, to, it's some, to build some momentum to really go off of. So um, I'm excited. I'm just ready for football. My, fo- my house is a football house, excluding my wife. So it's like we're all screaming on Saturdays ready to go. So we are ready and anxious uh, for football to get started. From a comfort level for you, you guys are doing seven-on-sevens mm-hmm. presumably uh, with all the quarterbacks, yep. right? And at what point do you need to get comfortable with who the guy is? You probably know it or you mm-hmm. feel – who, who is best for you mm-hmm, personally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at what point does uh, that need to be named here as, as camp matriculates? And, man, we're, uh, we're 27 days from, yeah. from Ireland. Yeah, I think that's a great What's question. Fair? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I believe, I mean, because I go back to my junior year with um, Zach Lee and Taylor Martinez and that coming out, and we didn't find out heck until the, he came up on the Jumbotron. It was like, oh, we got Taylor, but we worked with him um, all throughout um, the upcoming season, the off season. So, to me, it's one of those things. It's like whenever the coach makes, makes the decision, we can go out there and perform. I think as a receiver, um, you just you want to catch the ball. You want to run great routes and catch the ball and get open. So I think whoever's back there, you just get your mindset for whoever's there, and you just go out there and play ball. You can only control what you can control, right? But I will get a good dose of both quarterbacks any chance that I can if it's after practice, if I didn't get enough reps or anything like that, just to get used to it all. But catching the football is catching the football and making plays. So, Brad and Kenny with us, former Husker, and uh, doing uh, some youth ministry work as well as uh, doing fantastic work with some uh, some training. Uh, and uh, what do we got here? <laughs> what do we got here? Alliance Sports Training. <laughs> some, some of your former teammates allow no free shout-outs. We're, we're all about free shout-outs. Compto, I love them. Yeah, they're so financial. I mean, uh, it is what it is. Uh, camp is, is uh, here. We'll hear from Mark Whipple and uh, some Mickey Joseph. Your take on Mickey, I know we've had you on in the past, yeah. but uh, he says he's got six ready or feels like he has six ready. But he lit up his guys a little yeah, bit today yes. about uh, saying that the DBs won the day. Yes, I love that. Watching that interview um, and him going off and talking about the Iron Fist, I just feel like in this in this day, that's what we need. We need black and white. And, and in my time, Bo was black and white with us, and I, we really appreciated it. But it's like, yeah, I got to get six guys ready to play, and you guys got to come out here and be ready to compete, and you're only going to get better. I tell my youth boys all the time, it's like, look, your best player started somewhere right you can't skip the process so if you want to be great you got to do this consistently it's not just waking up and you get this free pass to be the greatest player of all time you really got to work at it so I love his black and white approach of like hey look they know what I expect you should come out here and play hard play fast catch the ball and especially the guys that he's coached in the past at LSU yeah you got to bring it you have to bring it I need to see it so I respect that so much is the iron fist needed in the wide receiver room more than other rooms <laughs> I think so man you know for me being a wide eye like I'm gonna say so because we need I think to... your diva meter is probably about <laughs> two or three versus I don't know 12 14. Yeah, but what you know in our 
time, we had to block. You know, me, Niles, Mike McNeil, we always clowned each other and clowned the coaches of like, dude, we're just glorified linemen on the outside. But we, we took pride in that. We took pride in pancakes. We took pride in being big physical right receivers um, on the edge. And we wanted to go out there and do that and compete with each other throughout the game. Now, how many pancakes you got? Oh, I got this many. I got, you know, so that was a different perspective to look at it in that manner, too. So, Brandon Keddie's with us here. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, kicking off uh, day one in Omaha. Hale Varsity Radio can uh, dial us up. Uh, also, find us. We're streaming on ESPN Omaha, uh, StreamYard, and also ESPN. Uh, Lincoln, Elijah Herbal back in our studios. Uh, we'll dive into the offensive line spot uh, in a little bit. Elijah, I know that's uh, kind of your pet area, being a former <laughs> offensive lineman at, uh, at Lincoln Southeast. But I, I'm interested, too, what is, what is for show and what's for real? As, mm. uh, from a perspective standpoint, when you hear coaches talk, we're talking Whipple, mm-hmm. and I think he's pretty straight up. I yeah. think he's pretty genuine. Mm-hmm. I think he's... Uh, lovable and grumpy enough to be uh, genuine in that aspect, not just selling sunshine. Is that how you take it away, or are you just painting positive this time of year, no matter what you saw? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I believe I remember when we first changed um, offensive coordinators and Tim Beck came in, and it was funny because we had a Big Ten interview um, that I went up there with the guys, and he yeah. said, "BK, do not tell them." what our offense is. You just tell them we're going to play fast. And literally, they might have asked me five <laughs> or six questions, and I just kept saying, we're going to play fast. We're going to play fast. So I think for me, you never want to give too much. You want to give enough, right, um, for people to really understand and get a perspective of what you're doing. But you don't want to give – you don't want to show your hand. So I, th- I believe that he's just putting what he has to put out there um, so he could just move forward but then continue to really compete and, and, and build these guys up and be ready to perform. Is – his tone to me said, we'll just find a way against Northwestern, <laughs> get in the red zone, get points. That wasn't always a guarantee yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, a thought from you, uh, is, that a, is that a healthy outlook going into this, this weird pressure cooker? Yeah. It's always a pressure yeah. cooker, but now you're going across the pond yeah. for it. And I think, it, it's, I think every year, right, in all these different organizations and leagues, if it's NFL to college, you get perspective from all the players. You get perspective from all the coaches. But it's, it's, it's another thing to just, like, go line up there and play football. Go line up and know what you're doing. Go play fast. If you make a mistake, do it 100 miles per hour. Come back, make up for that play, and continue to put days together. And I think that's where he's kind of at, being that old grumpy guy of, like, hey, look, I'm not going to sit up here and talk and give you all these smooth lines. We're just going to go play football. And that's what I'm about, too. It's like, line up and play football. I don't mm-hmm. care what you do. We'll – Let's play football and let's like let it you know let's put that out there on the field. So, Brandon, I want to ask you put yourself in the shoes of a player yeah. who's going through fall camp right now. Would you prefer to have a conference opponent for your first game in order to you know uh, have it mean something, give you a reason to, to make it through these dog days of summer and of fall camp, or would you rather have that warm up opponent to let you iron out some of the kinks? Just because I mean, there's pros and cons to each. One in yeah. terms of being able to to run up the score on somebody a little bit and get some confidence sure. going, but on the other side of things, it's it's kind of hard to get yourself geared up for a team you've probably never even heard of before. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think it's a perspective thing, too. At the end of the day, we're playing football, right? I'm here to play football. I want to go out there and prove myself that I am a high-caliber athlete. Now, we're not, I'm not going to lie and say we didn't look forward to those beginner games and saying, hey, we could kind of get the kinks out and work them out. But I think this is like 
you got to bring it out right away now. Now you got to be ready to go. It, it, there is no excuses. Like, you got to start fast and, and at the beginning. So um, I think at the end of the day, it's football. And you should just go out there and be ready to play, especially if you're going to Ireland, man. Do you know what I would do to be going out there and hanging out? Like, Virginia Tech was my first flight but first flight as a Nebraska Cornhusker. Um, and, unfortunately, we dropped that one. But, I mean, that was a fun time. But to go to Ireland, man, that sounds so cool. So your first game ever, here's Enter Sandman <laughs> rocking. And yes, y- man. Y- you guys had it until you yeah. didn't. Yeah, man. It was so Brendan loud. puts his headset down and walks. <laughs> Out of here. It was so loud, at least you got to At least you got to go for, for free. Yeah. Somebody in the audience <laughs> paid his way uh, for, for that one. But, no, we're uh, here at the Hale Varsity Club. No, but, I mean, the, this is going to be unique. And it's kind of backwards where Northwestern's treating it like a bowl game. Yeah, yeah. They've been to bowl games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one on this roster has been to a bowl game. Yeah. So do you worry about focus? No, I, I – I think that this game has been, I, get, I feel like, given enough um, fuel mm-hmm. to give the understanding that we got to come out here focused and ready to go. Like, it's not, this is not bowl game atmosphere. This is the beginning of the year. We got to prove a point. We got to let it be known um, that we're coming out this year to play fast. So I would think that the focus is that. Like, this is a business trip, as you always hear. Mm-hmm. And it gets cliche sometimes, but I mean, especially at the beginning of the year, because I think it speaks volumes if you can go over there to Ireland and play and play well, play fast and beat a team good, yeah, I think that sets you up for the season to kind of get some things mm-hmm. rolling. Brandon Kenny is with us, former Husker standout and uh, doing some youth ministry and youth coaching. Again, uh, the Alliance <laughs> Sports, Sports Training. training. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, uh, thought from you, are you into Better Call Saul? It, the TV show. Oh, you know what? I, I, I never heard about it until this past last week. week. Yep, yep, okay. until I've seen it. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> let, me, let me set it up. It's Breaking Bad. You yep, heard that? I heard Did that. Did you ever watch yep. that or no? I, I finished like half the seasons, then I just kind of stopped watching it. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so Better Call Saul is a prequel, and part of the heist, spoiler alert, yeah. was, was, uh, was Jimmy's character distracting the security guard, so... Somebody could go on a shopping yeah. spree, okay? <laughs> and the security guard is a is a uh, is a hardy Nebraska yep, yep. that is in love with Nebraska, and the reference point is 2010. Yep. And he's talking about Bo, and on the sideline, yeah. the security guard is. But when Bo gets it done, I, I love him for it, right? And then he's like, "How about that 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 Kenny? Yeah. Kenny three touchdowns yep. against Oklahoma State." That was cool, man. Well, I didn't know what was happening. Somebody tagged me on it Facebook. It was crazy. I was like, what is this? And I looked at it, and I seen Blake had tweeted something. And then um, I had just everybody texting me. My wife at her job was like, do you know you're on a TV show? Or they said, so I'm like, yeah, I keep hearing that today. I said, man, we need to figure out some NIL. What happened with it? We need to get something. But, but no, it was super cool. All my friends in Kansas City was like, BK, did you see this, man? I was like, that's pretty cool. That's that is good. Yeah, he was talking cool. – uh, who else about uh, Martinez? Yeah, and Martinez. They were, they were, it's funny. In the episode, they were PO'd about the Texas. Yeah, yeah. They were hugging you about <laughs> Oklahoma State. And they were going into, I, I think it kind of cut off probably right before A&M. Oh, is man. Where, is where oh, I'm going. God, really, well, but hey, 
great season. Yeah. Big time yeah, season. Yeah. I, I got to say, though, yeah. they also did absolutely nail the premise of the fact that, like, if you want to distract somebody in Nebraska, just start talking Husker <laughs> football. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there. I love that he, point, Elijah. That's great. That's He's great. got this seven-pound right? cinnamon roll. <laughs> he don't need it. And he's hammering it. <laughs> Talking about Husker football. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, behind the, the wall of cameras, there's Armani's going out the right, door. Right. There's their Jordans going right. out the door. That's so, so funny, man. Brandon, uh, where can folks uh, find you and, and get in touch if they, uh, they're feeling a little football for their youngin'? Yeah, man. Um, so I'm on Facebook, Brandon Kenny, um, Alliance Sports Training. On Instagram, Alliance underscore sports underscore training. Um, same on Facebook. Um, but yeah, we starting this year. We got we playing in the Great Plains League this year. Oh, great! Um, so we'll start here in about two weeks. We started practice. Concordia starts up too as well. My awesome. good friend Cruz Baird is the head coach there. Okay. Um, so we start this year. So we're excited, man. We're excited. We're excited to get going. We're excited to get things going and, and, and rolling. And hopefully we can turn some stuff around. BK, appreciate you, yes, man. man. Appreciate All you, right. man. Brandon Kitty with us. Out, We're here at uh, Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Uh, we continue on some thoughts from Whipple on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hey, Storm Chasers fans, a six-game homestand against St. Paul is upcoming, and it all begins on August 2nd. That night is free on the green, which means free berm tickets if you show your FNBO card. The following night is library night, and we're whispering because you can't talk loud in the library, which is why I avoid libraries. Dollar Beer Night is August 4th, and that's also Military Appreciation Night, two of my favorite things. You'll see patriotic jerseys and a whole lot of Budweiser. Nothing more American than that. The weekend slate includes fireworks on Friday night, camo jerseys with an in-game jersey auction on Saturday, and a family fun day on Sunday, which includes Bark in the Park, canned food for tickets, and kids running the bases after the game. Get your tickets now before it's too late. We'll see you soon. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Big thanks to Husker Whiteout Brandon Kenny. Some thoughts on this upcoming season. Some thoughts on Better Call Saul. As we are here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, we invite you out. We're Kick it off uh, being in Omaha here uh, on a Monday here at the Hale Varsity Club. Uh, incredible food and drink special. I know they had wing specials last Friday for National Chicken Wings Day. Some of the flavors they were laying down, flat out incredible. Peanut butter and jelly. Uh, some other flavors that uh, are traditional, but, uh, but some, uh, some specialty ones. I've been here a couple of times. The beer is cold, as is the vodka. And uh, the uh, the burgers to die for, Elijah. Your your mouth is watering. You can stream us as we're streamyarding here on ESPN Omaha, also ESPN Lincoln. Uh, do so on Twitter. Both those Twitter handles on the way. Rob Zadis going to talk some offensive line. Charlie McBride will be with us, and uh, we'll spend some time with. Uh, Tony Beelan and uh, Warren Academy. And big thanks to Brandon Kenny. Uh, does such a great job with the kids and uh, super passionate. And, yeah, he, the feedback he had from Better Call Saul, another episode tonight, uh, 8 Central. We'll have our review uh, with Mike St. James on that tomorrow. But if you don't want to cook, you don't want to grill, and uh, you are done with 97% humidity with a heat index of plus 100, 
and I'm always for grilling. Uh, I invite you out here to get some uh, some dinner tonight on a Monday here at the Hale Varsity Club. Numbers to get in, 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. Uh, both uh, ways to get in touch with us. Also email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So, Elijah, let's dive into it. It was uh, 30 minutes of open practice for Nebraska. Mark Whipple, Mickey Joseph, several players got to spend time post-practice, but uh, many of the media got to observe. And it, it's, it was good to see action. You, know, you never want to shy away from or, or not take up the opportunity to, to be there and see what's going on. Is it, uh, is it the same as a Wednesday uh, or a Thursday before you get ready for a road trip to Ireland? No. The intensity, though, is there. Uh, and, and I think the, uh, the reality is this team has a chance to be much better than Nebraska's been. This team has a reality to be the first bowl team since 2016. And as wide open as the West is, you catch a couple of breaks, but more importantly, you make your own breaks they have a chance to to maybe surprise or at least to get Nebraska fans in a better mind frame, mindset, so to speak, with uh, whatever happens this year. I, I think one thing you can bank on with the experience in the room with the new assistants, the different assistants, uh, that, that Nebraska will be better at taking care of Nebraska this year. I, that's not a guarantee, but that's one thing I would bet on versus against in 2022. You know you got to do it. You know you got to win. But I think ultimately uh, you're going to have a number of guys like Garrett Nelson, like Reimer, like Henrich, that are and Evokalek too, that, that are going to try and will that. Uh, they will make sure their peers are, are as locked in as they are. And I think maybe that's been lacking in the past. Yeah, and as we make it through this this fall camp, and you hear all these names and you get the videos out of camp. I just think it's funny how like media and fans like go through and dissect every single frame and see what they're starved for football. And, like I just look at it and I go, yeah, wow, that, that offensive line sure does look like they're firing off the ball. That's that's great. Those receivers sure are running routes. And oh yeah, Scott Frost talked with Trev Edwards at practice today. Like you can't read too far into it because the coaching staff knows this is also a time whenever this is going to be happening, where everyone's going to be taking videos, everyone's going to be taking photos, everything's going to be absolutely dissected down to like the atomic level so uh, <laughs> yes I, I just you just can't take too much out of this besides going okay yeah look it looks like uh i mean the bryce binhart looks good at right tackle oh turner corcoran's working at left guard we can see that and oh teddy prohoshka looks like he's he's coming back well from a knee injury but like you can't read too much further into into it than that totally agree with you on that uh let's get some thoughts from mark whipple uh let's hear from mr whip and quarterbacks on our mind, who's projected starter, you know he's the transfer from Texas. Does he hang on to this job as weeks continue to get closer to Ireland? Here's Whipple from earlier today. They've been really good. You know, we throw a lot in, in between. I, I probably made a mistake uh, last week in camp. We had so much time. We're excited with all the kicking periods we had that, the, that, that <laughs> I really wore them out, so I'm backing off a little bit. But, no, the guys have been working uh, – we had a really good summer, a really good summer of just kind of going over the things they could see themselves in the throw game and in a run game of 
the mistakes they made, and, and I've seen it, seen the, the offense take a take a step forward. So if he's telling me in in this short amount of time that the offense is taking steps forward, the math I have right now is one, uh, whatever workout program slash uh, orders or chores to do. Did you ever get the chores list as a kid? I did. That was honed in on and worked on over the summer, and you've got experience in doing so with a guy like Casey Thompson. Uh, you've got a renewed uh, vigor from a guy like Harburg, right? Logan Smothers is always going to bust his tail. And then, of course, Chubb Purdy. Uh, health-wise, once he got healthy post-spring, all those guys were going to be putting in work, and it's time to figure out some chemistry, at least on air, with your wide receiving core. Get some rhythm going. And uh, if it's a step forward at this point, this early in camp, I will take Whipple's word for it. No one's rushing the quarterback right now. It's not third and eight in the fourth quarter. What I need to know, and we won't know till it's kickoff and it gets to a, a tight ball game, how will whoever wins this quarterback job perform in a tight ball game, Elijah? Because ultimately that's what's going to happen in the Big Ten. How's the quarterback going to perform in a tight ball game in bad weather? Uh, is the quarterback going to have to do it all like uh, like Adrian, who's now down at Kansas State, like he, it felt like he's had to do so many times. Uh, the, the workload needs to be shared. Uh, more on that summer work with Mark Whipple and his quarterbacks. Uh, he spent a little bit of time on that this, this morning as well. It's more of a chance to get with them, meet with them, go back over the tape, all their plays they had in the spring and everything else. And then those guys have to do a lot of it on their own. But I thought Casey did a good job, all the quarterbacks did, of organizing things that way. And then, uh, you know, talking to them when I was away and that. But uh, you can see a difference now. It's they're not looking around. And they know when they make a mistake. That's kind of when you see you're making progress. You can see the young guys making a mistake and they don't know, but the older guys know right away, okay, I mean, boom, like, you know, I'll get it next time. So we've limited the mistake, we've minimized the mistakes and, and uh, made, made some progress. So let's jump ahead to the relationship part of things. How is Whipple going to be with Frost? How is Frost going to be with Whipple? I think that's fascinating because Scott Frost is a guy that wants to still have a part in the offense. He's been really good. Uh, we go back to his Oregon days and his Central Florida days uh, with his offense. He's had really good moments, but not seasons offensively here in Lincoln. So how does he take to Whipple coming in? How's Whipple take to Frost being the boss, that dynamic? But Whipple, very complimentary uh, of a number of guys uh, that are, well, no doubt, uh, feeling each other out a bit, but uh, they're putting their best foot forward uh, uh, working together. Yeah, the guys, the guys are really, really good coaches. Um, really good people. You know, Coach Frost did a good job. I, I didn't know any of them I, uh, beforehand. And it's kind of been a really good fit. A really good fit. I just like the way those guys, each of us, and I, I like guys have their own style and bring it to the to the offense. And they brought some ideas and we put things together and uh, uh, but they're really good people, number one, and, and uh, really do a good job of, of managing their group or understanding that way and uh, really happy with the, the core. So there's a rigging endorsement, Elijah, with uh, the coworkers 
and I think there's respect for the co- co-workers, but I think there's some actual true like. Sometimes you tolerate <laughs> co-workers. I might be the guy that most people tolerate. <laughs> there might be a smidge of respect uh, mixed in there, but for the most part, I'm, I'm yeah, well, we'll just put up with him. No just, comment. No comment. No, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no comment. No comment. That's that needy old guy one now. But, but Casey Thompson, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe that, that comment there from Whipple will throw some cold water on the people that want to go break down to the molecular level of Big Ten Media Day saying, well, Scott Frost, now that we're, we're almost call a him by game, name, didn't call Mark Whipple by name, and he's talking about now not relinquishing the offense. He's still going to be involved. That throws some cold water, I think, when Mark Whipple comes out and says, these are all great coaches and things are going well early in terms of us working together. I mean, it, it is that time of year in terms of everyone's going to break down every single comment and every single word. But I can tell you from working in radio, sometimes the wrong word just comes out and it gives a wrong connotation to an entire sentence or Mm. something along those lines where, I mean, the the general theme from these coaches have been we're working well together and uh, we're excited for what the season can bring. So let's stick with that until we actually get to the season and something tells us otherwise. But whenever you have pretty much all the coaches in unison saying a similar thing aside from, oh, maybe one comment at Big Ten Media Days, I I tend to go with the majority of what the coaches are saying. Well, BK just laid it out there. Hey, we're going to go fast. (laughs) Right? That is the talking point about the offense. Work around it, work with it, but that's it. That's your tell. Nothing else, and the rest will fall into place. Where is Casey Thompson? Coach Whipple here uh, earlier after practice and uh, an update here on the Texas transfer. He can make all the throws, but I think it's – right now he's taking another step of going through his progressions a little bit quicker, understanding coverages and understanding the plays. Like, I don't know, we probably had 90 different concepts uh, in the past game, so he only got like maybe one or two reps. In the summer he got a few more and was able to see it. Hey, where you can shortcut some of the things that progression by coverage, understanding what the defense is doing. And I think that's where he's has a leg up over the other guys. And uh, but I've seen those other guys. I've seen Chuba and hey, Richard Heinrichs had his two best days. Rich has been good. Logan's taken another step. So all those guys have gotten better because of knowing what we're doing, then understanding what the defense is doing. The thing that you got to be excited about as a Nebraska fan with Whipple is is not only the the present but the future of development at quarterback and, and you've seen it work recently uh, with uh, with Pitts Phenom that's now in the NFL you have a past example in Ben Roethlisberger and you've got a number of kids behind Casey Thompson that have a lot of years to play we're out here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista Hale Varsity Radio rolls forward presented by the Nebraska Lottery Think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late, chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Hale Varsity, on the road today in La Vista, Hale Varsity Club, where we are at and excited to be on in Omaha day one here with uh, ESPN Omaha, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're also streaming live on ESPN uh, Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter. can also find us on email, chris at alevarsity.com. Twitter is uh, where we're at, at Schmidt underscore radio and at Herbal Essence. Plenty of thoughts from Mark Whipple a bit ago. Brandon Kitty got us kicked off on site here. Husker wide receiver, stand out uh, his thoughts on the offense and some better call Saul uh, in person uh, or uh, re- response and reaction to, uh, to last week's episode. Uh, on the way, Dr. Rob Zadiska. Uh, part of the Doc Talk podcast, uh, Dr. Robble, share some thoughts on the O line. Anxious to pick his brain on that uh, potential combo of Teddy and Turner on the left side. Charlie McBride in about 15 minutes, and Tony Veland, Husker standout, part of the Warren Academy. He'll join us here on site as well. So if you're thinking about dinner, you're uh, always invited out here to the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Uh, great food and drink specials. I see a Bushlight tall boy. If, if that's your thing, that's all good. So uh, you mentioned some cold water, Elijah, and we played a comment uh, a bit ago from Mark Whipple regarding, you know, what, what do you think of the staff, Coach Whipple? And Whipple's like, everyone's great, well, wonderful. Uh, you wouldn't expect day four at camp or whatever it is to <laughs> to start going hatchet job. That's a good point. <laughs> but, but the way he, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think he would, he would BS. Hey, everyone's good dude. They're, they're professionals. They're fine. I mean, he's been at all levels of football. Mickey Joseph, meanwhile, uh, talked about a bad day from his wide receivers. Here's what Mickey had to say. He called out his guys. They understand it. They understand what I, what, what, you know, my soft on them. I'm never going to, you know, cater to them. I'm never going to tell them what they want to hear. I'm always going to tell them the truth, but I'm going to demand that they, they play with excellence. That's what they reach. They're trying to reach excellence, and that's, that's, how, that's how you win. That's how you win. That's winning football when you, can, when you can stack days and put it together every day because then Saturday becomes easy. But if you lose in practice and lose in practice and lose in practice, you're going to lose on Saturday. And I watch all of that. We watch all of that. We, you know, Scott, that's what we watch. We got to watch that. And Mickey watched it today, and they didn't win the room. They didn't win the day. The defensive backs had a better day. And publicly, Mickey's going to let them know about it. Privately, it's okay because some of Nebraska's best teams, Elijah, and you get this with really good football teams, Someday the offense wins the day. Someday the defense wins the day. And the next day, the other side of the ball presumably comes back and and returns the favor. You want that back and forth. You hear a lot of NFL guys mention iron sharpening iron. Well, it's, it's true. And tomorrow, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the wideouts had a really good day. And if you stack two or three good days in a row and your wideout room turns out to be pretty high level, that means you got an insanely good secondary. So it's there's a method to this, and uh, Mickey Joseph was not having any of it. He's pretty much the leader of that wide receiver room, and it, it is a dictatorship. 
Yeah, and think about the type of talent he's gotten the pleasure of coaching over the past couple of years. And we heard a lot, a lot about this whenever he came to Nebraska. Oh, he coached Justin Jefferson. Oh, he coached Jamar Chase, coached all these great athletes. And then you put it into context of what he's seeing here at Nebraska. I'm not saying Nebraska's got bad wide receivers by any means, but think about the standard that he set at LSU with those guys. Even the guys behind him uh, are, are coming up, and those are the guys they're trying to aspire to be. So you're trying to d- establish that same kind of culture in this room of guys who are going to go off and be NFL guys, goes through, guys who are going to go off, not necessarily be pro bowlers, but they're going to make an impact at the next level. If you can have those types of guys in the room, it's just setting a culture for the future, and this is the year where it starts. It's year one under a new assistant coach where you establish that and you try to find a couple guys that can play like you want your wide receivers to play. Maybe not 100% at Justin Jefferson level or, or Jamar Chase level, but you're trying to set that now. So even if the receivers have a, a, a good day compared to yesterday, but it's still up to that that Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase standard, you're going to ask more from them just because of what you're trying to build. It's not short-sighted enough to say, this is good enough for this year. It's, it's what you're trying to build as a whole in your room during your entire time at Nebraska, and that's what you set in this year one. So, I mean, it's no surprise that he's going to have high standards for these guys. And it's all about, as you said, how they respond. Do they come back with a fire in their belly tomorrow? Let's hear from Mickey a little bit uh, as he started off his post-practice media session when it comes to impressions in the room. What, what's he working with here? And it sounds like he's got six uh, guys pretty well narrowed down. And I think some guys that you, you think should have good camps or should have had a good offseason have come into camp maybe where he wanted it. Mickey's a perfectionist, so no one's ever going to be perfect for him. That said, though, he's I think he's OK with where they, the starting point's been. Well, as a whole, as a whole, um, the group's been, the group's been pretty solid. You know, they've been pretty solid. But I think Omar's having a good camp right now. You know, I think he's he's really playing at a high level. You know, I'm really um, I'm happy where Trey's at. I'm happy I'm happy where Oliver's at right now. And um, Marcus is really doing a really good job to say he's just got in here. And Isaiah, this is Isaiah's first live reps since about what November when he was at last at New Mexico State. So they all coming together. You know, Brody, they all coming together. But um, they, I, I talked to him today about just stacking days. You know, don't have a good day, then be satisfied and come back and play average. Keep stacking days. Keep extending. That's what I've been talking to him about. More from Mickey. Uh, Stacking days to that high-level talent you need to win. And uh, Mickey's pretty honest uh, about what type of talent he wants and what type of talent uh, can, can turn a special season in. You always go back to what uh, what Kirby said. Kirby Smart said, "Coaching can't overcome recruiting. Coaching can't you 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 can't you can't win with bad players. You can't win with bad players. You you got to have good players to win. You know. And I, and I tell him like this. I always joke with him, say, I'm not, I'm not that good of a coach. I need talent. I need you to be a talented kid. Because at the end of the day, you're playing power five football. It's it, it's not it's not like the kids who give the most effort and the least talented kids gonna win." Most time who wins on Saturday, who has the most men, but also who has the most talent. And you need talent to win. Very obvious, but a reminder sometimes needed. You get uh, a high level of talent. Now, what do you do with the talent? Do you coach it up? Do you maximize it? Do you get eight, nine wins out of it? Do you fall short and go five and seven? I think that's a, a problem if you bump into some of the former Huskers, Elijah. Uh, that they talent's not been a problem down at 10th and Vine. 
and, and, <laughs> it's it's development and it's especially relevant with what we've seen in the past couple of years where Husker fans have been sitting at home on Saturdays going, why is Omar Manny not in the field? Why is Xavier Betts not on the field? We've seen the talent, whether it be through spring games or through limited snaps, we've seen the talent. Why aren't they on the field? I think that's a little bit of, of Mickey answering that question saying, I- I'm going to get that best talent on the field. Well, and you got to earn your way on to the field. And that's one thing that Mickey's uh, really great at is whether you're five star or three star or no star if, if he coaches you up and you're good uh, he will make sure that you have done everything he's asked to have that pleasure of, of playing ball we'll wind down hour one here from the Hale Varsity Club with Hale Varsity Radio and now and now back to Hale Varsity Radio Great to have you back, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are here at the Hale Varsity Club. Some burgers, some beers, some fries. I think I see some nachos going on. Uh, we're here just kind of between the embassy and, and Cabela's, if you're uh, familiar with um, where uh, the Hale Varsity Club is at in La Vista. It's, it's nestled right there. Plenty of cold beer. And imagine this place for, for Monday Night Football. Yes. Uh, that is just around the corner. We are gearing up for Nebraska as the show going to be on the road for Ireland. We're here this Friday again uh, and every uh, Friday leading up to Ireland. And a lot of the, the road football Fridays, Hale Varsity will be up here at the Hale Varsity Club. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, we uh, are honored to be uh, in Omaha and uh, get things kicked off on ESPN Omaha. So, Elijah, a thought for you. You've had to go through the, the camp grind uh, more so than me. And I'm, I'm interested, what's, the, what's the, the most weight you've either had to drop or put on? And I ask that because Chancellor Brewington is up to 215. He, he's looking like our man Pat in the weight room. <laughs> he, Pat didn't even hear the compliment. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> Delayed laugh. There's no laugh track here. And he, uh, <laughs> three to four times to, to, to put on that bulk. Did you ever work out three or four times in a day? And, and that's, that's what Brewington was doing this summer, this offseason, in preparation for camp. Most I ever got to was two, and I, I thought that was even like a little <laughs> bit ridiculous, where I'm like, this is, what am I even doing here? Like, I'll, I'll just eat some more calories here and my, my weight will go up like it'll be all good but like I mean there, there is something significant you want to come in at least in my experience I was no like division one football player but you almost wanted to come into camp just like a little bit over the, the actual playing weight you wanted to be at just because of that grind of fall camp it's hard uh, to I mean eat as many calories as it's going to take to be able to keep your weight where you want it to be so I mean for me it was pretty standard through fall camp uh, water weight combined with just getting into football shape which is a very Mm -hmm. different thing from being in like shape during the summer Uh, it's one thing if you're in shape during the summer but it's another thing completely uh to be in shape during football season uh so i mean 10 to 15 pounds usually would would come off during fall camp just as you get into that playing shape which is i mean you can be the strongest guy in the weight room you can be super well conditioned and still not be ready to go step foot on a football field it's two different types of conditioning it is and I, you know, you're, you're done with the, the two-hour to two-and-a-half-hour practice and then the dreaded gassers or run, you run the hill or 
whatever special hell of conditioning the coaches had in mind. Say they're ticked off and it's a bad practice and oops, it's time to run again. Uh, that's that's some dedication for Brewington. I know he was not happy with missing uh, as much springtime as he did. But, man, he's he's been a weapon for Nebraska inside the goal line with uh, his crackback blocks. And there's there's an opportunity for him to make some noise as uh, another tight end receiving option. Reminder to get buckled up. Hands on the wheel, eyes in mind, straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Into hour two we go. We'll get it kicked off with Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. And uh, we'll spend some time. Dr. Rob Zadiska will be with us. Tony Veland, as we're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, just off the interstate between Cabela's and the Embassy Suites. And uh, Husker Hall of Famer to my right, uh, uh, Tony Veland, safety and national champion, helping us kick off day one in Omaha. Tony, good to see you. You as well. Appreciate you coming by. Uh, we uh, welcome in. Uh, as we always do on Mondays with Hale Varsity Radio, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, and uh, we bring on uh, Coach McBride for another Monday episode. Coach, how was the weekend? How are we doing? Well, it was doing great. The weekend was good. My kids all went home. They were here almost a month, and Debbie and I are kind of breathing better now. <laughs> well, that you, you have that, that tone of love in your voice about, you know, when you talk about your children, but you also had that tone of excitement when you said, yeah, they're, they're gone. They, a whole month? Did you charge them rent? Well, they were <laughs> one was here. One was here a whole month uh, with his two boys, and the other one came for a week, about a week and a half with one of his daughters and uh, and his wife, and so you know it gets uh, it gets kind of busy after a while. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, you remember Tony Veland. Tony, you remember Coach McBride. I'll let you say hi, Tony, to Coach. Coach, look great, Tony? great to hear your voice, man. Are you down in uh, AZ, right? Yeah, no, I'm oh. living in a little town called White Pigeon, Michigan, and we moved oh, out of oh, Arizona. Wow. Okay, wow, wow. And, okay. Uh, and of course, with the virus and some other things, I've 
been slowed down. It's been slowed down a little bit, but uh, but we uh, I, I I've been up to uh, Ann Arbor a couple of times, you know, and they give me a little bit of golf up there. You know, they're you know what kind of, of people course. you're running into. There. Of course, no, it's so great anyway, to hear your voice. It's I, great I, to hear you when I you're keep, not yelling I, at me. So <laughs> I, I keep I keep track of you a little bit, you know, with. Uh, with Steve and uh, and the and the and his his operation over there and working with kids and I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're doing that kind of stuff. I appreciate it, Coach. You mentioned Coach's motivational tactics, <laughs> uh, Tony Veland. Uh, Tony, how did Coach motivate? And, and we'll uh, we'll hear from Coach McBride in two seconds on that motivation. Well, I'll, I'll just say this: I don't think he's ever heard of the word uh, "warm and fuzzy." That's that's that's, <laughs> that's really not his thing. Not kind of his style. Uh, no, Coach McBride was great. He was he was great, but he was he was straightforward. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't one of these guys that was kind of worrying about your feelings. He was like, "Listen, you, know, you got to grow up. We got to get some people out here that can perform." You know, we want you to grow as a man. We want you to do well in the field as well. And and sometimes those conversations didn't go quite as uh, soft as you would like them to. <laughs> um, but he always got the best out of us, and we love him for it. Coach, I love that tough love. Well, that's sometimes that's. <laughs> I guess I get I got it from growing up that way. I think my dad used to come to practice once in a while to watch the coach kick my butt, and uh, that, you know he enjoyed that part of it. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we had so many good players. You know, I mean, it was guys that really cared about the program and really, you know, cared about each other and things like that. And I was fortunate to, to be in there for 20-some years and and be part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I stayed there uh, for a lot of reasons, but most of it was because of the players themselves. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie. Tony Veland joining us, kicking off in Omaha here at the Varsity Club. And uh, excited to, to be up here in Omaha. Coach, I, I want to get your thoughts here on the defensive line uh, with, uh, with, with, with uh, Robinson. And also just what, what you think could happen. Uh, who's playing next to him? Nebraska needs depth. But they need some guys to, to kind of step forward. How do you feel about the the defensive line here as we're early into camp? Well, I think you got some experience now, but you have a little experience around people that are just starting to you know come on and play, and that's that's what you, you really need. You know, it's important that you have guys that are leaders already, but I think a lot of those young guys are going to look and see how they play. And that'll be a big, a big thing with with them. You know, if if you get a guy, a bunch of older guys or guys that played before that are really, you know, gung ho players and really get out there and do it, they'll fall in line with it and re- realize what it takes. And that's that's probably the most important thing on defense. You have to have fun, and you have to, you know, I think when you get together, it's a gang war, is what it is, and. Um, you know, if you do it that way, you have some good pressure on them and you do things with the quarterback and make them move around a little bit and make them nervous and, you know, that that helps. But stop. I, we, we always believed in stopping the run first. I mean, I, I was laughed at when we played uh, Florida and, you know, they threw the ball about 80% of the time. And I they asked me how they were going to stop. And I said, well, we're going to stop the run first. And all the guys in the press laughed. 
they thought that was a big joke. And I think they ran one play in the second half. I don't know. They didn't. They weren't big in the running game. So, you know, those are the things that change people. And when our players knew that they can't throw the ball, they then tend to tee off on people. Charlie McBride's with us. Tony Veland with us here at the Hale Varsity Club. Tony, going to bring you in here and get your thoughts on on just what, what Coach said, stopping the run and and to your area of expertise, playing that safety spot. What was preached to you, and, and what do you think this, this back end can be? Nebraska did lose a lot uh, off to the NFL. Well, obviously I'm going to agree with Coach, man. For us to be a tough team, especially playing in the Big Ten, Big Ten where, you know, it's a physical league. You know, you, you've got to have people that's gonna, that are going to be able to stop the run, so that's obviously key. And then being in the secondary, obviously that's extremely important for us because the better our defensive line are, the easier the job is for us to be able to do our jobs. Um, I, I think we've got some good players. we definitely got some talent on there. Um, I do have some concerns just because we did lose some really good players. You know, guys like, you know, the Daniels, we got lost um, – um, Jojo, um, you know, really good safety and a really good corner, you know. So, and and, and I think the thing that, that really bothers me is we, we lost guys who were really good leaders, and and we we lost kind of our, the swag of our team, so to say. You know, we were going in a really good direction. We might not have gotten the wins that we wanted, but from a defensive perspective, like we were imposing our will. You know, we were we were stopping big teams. You know, in in, in, in crucial points. And I'm hoping that even though some of those guys aren't here, that younger guys are going to step in, see what they were doing, and kind of mimic some of those things and be able to, to, to keep that, pro- that progression that we had going uh, this year. So, so I'm looking forward to some big things. Um, but, again, you know, the leadership, kind of like what Coach talked about, that's really key. You know, coaches can only do so much. Players got to get out there on the field and lead, and they got to be accountable to each other, and they got to make plays. So that's what I'm expecting. It's Tony Veland as he's here with us here, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio at uh, the Hale Varsity Club. Coach, I uh, want to get your take on uh, what, what Tony just said, and that, that's one thing I think your side of the ball and, and really the, the teams that, that Tony was a part of and coach the teams that you were a part of, that, that was difference, a difference maker. Uh, when it came to, to that chemistry and the culture and the accountability. And you were able to to kind of pick out some guys and, dare I say, encourage them to, to be vocal. Is that fair to say, Coach McBride? Yeah, I think that, you know, it is. I think it, it actually is, a, is a, a thing that usually most kids are born with. I mean, there's a lot of things leading up to being good leaders, of course, you know, that you have to learn as you go along. But I think there's some guys that are natural-born leaders in, in that. We were fortunate, though, that that we we almost had a leader at each position, and, and they took care of themselves, you know. I mean, it, kind of. And, you know, when they met together and everything, there was always somebody there that, you know, that encouraged them and not being a coach. I, I, a team that's fired up and and is motivated by players is, is a lot better team than if they have to be motivated by a coach. Because if they want to really be a, a team together, you know, I remember we played at Missouri and we got into that overtime game and I turned around, I'm going to give this big speech, and I saw two guys <laughs> run by me, their eyeballs were as big as I didn't. I said, well, that's... Then handled it, and they both went out there. They went out there, and we got a couple of sacks. 
and I think there's two things that are involved in those things, and one is, uh, you know, if you have a, a good secondary, uh, guys that really can cut, can cut, can cut it down, uh, you know, and give the front a chance to make pressure, you have you you, you end up having a you know a, 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 a sack caused by the secondary, and and vice versa. If you get the front going and they can make that quarterback come out of the pocket, throw the ball in a bad manner that he doesn't want to throw it, then you got a front, you've got a front coverage, a good coverage in the front. So it works on both sides, <clears throat> and the team—it's a team thing. And so, in other words, the front's working for the secondary, and the secondary's really working for the front. Coach Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, can you explain to me that difference between a guy who leads with his words and the guy who leads by example? I mean, it's two different styles of leadership, and you can combine the two, but can you just explain to me the, the difference and how it manifests itself on the field? Well, I think, you know, you have different – it's hard for me to exactly pick it out, but I go back, to, you know, some of the days where the guys were really obvious was people like George Andrews and some of those – guys back in the you know in the early days especially uh, we had guys that didn't say a whole lot but made made things happen all the time and you know like i said they george they called him the smiling assassin and all he did was turn around and smile he never even got fired up <laughs> he just he was just smiling and laughing at him i i don't know and then there's you know then there's guys like christian peter and and Jason, and that that came out of the family, I think, through hard work, and and they demanded something out of themselves, you know. So so a lot of times, you know, each position, and I'm more familiar, you know, with the front guys because, mm-hmm. you know, I spent so much time with them. Um, and uh, but the guys in the secondary have to be a little more poised. The guys in front are usually, you know, they're about half nuts anyway, most of them. And, and, and Shaking so, your head, Tony. Yeah. Very true. But very, the secondary true. has to take care of, they, they have to take care of business because, uh, you know, that, that's a tough job back there. I mean, people don't realize how tough it really is. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Guys, we'll wrap with this, and, and it was touched on today by Mickey Joseph a little bit, the back and forth that uh, exists uh, on the offense, the defense. The the wideouts didn't have a good day today. Uh, the, the secondary uh, won the day. That was the word from Mickey. Uh, Tony, touch on just a couple of minutes here. The back and forth, where if you had a bad day against the offense, how you guys would respond. And Coach McBride also uh, comment if you can on just uh, how how that back and forth went with your defense trying to. Trump, uh, the Osborne offense or the Milt offensive line. Tony, you start, coach. You follow. Well, well, and that's. What I think it's, it's something that's healthy. Um, I, I think it's something where, you know, because when you're going up against, you know, your offense, you want to feel that your offense has a chance to to really put some points up on people. And so every once in a while, they probably should get you because it's some just it's, you're, it's showing them that. You know their scheme is working, but at the same time, if you have that dominant mindset, and we had that back in the day as black shirts, we didn't really care whether we was going against Tommy Frazier and Amon Green, all those guys. We wanted to wanted to kill them all the time. We wanted our practices to actually be harder than the games. So I think that back and forth is is, is really kind of kind of healthy. But at the same time, like when they get you, it's time to go back to the drawing board and find out what 
what it, what needs to be fixed? Mm-hmm. You know, what holes need to be fixed? Who who weren't doing their job and 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 get on those individuals to make sure that they're corrected before the game. And and that goes both ways. And so again, I, I think it's healthy, and I think it's I think it's good. Sometimes the, the offense has some good days. Some guys, sometimes the, the defense has some good days. But they're feeding on each other and understanding that we're doing this to get better as a team. Coach, was it ever good to, to have a day? The offense had a good day. Well, it was really kind of, if you go back and you just, the things that I used to see all the time was maybe on Saturday the defense had just played well, played very well, and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden we have a scrimmage on Wednesday and it, the offense just stones us, and, and you know. So, so it's a back-and-forth thing, like Tony said. It's a, it's a thing where it's, it, it can happen that way in the season. When you, you beat Northwestern by 40, 50 points, Last year, you don't think those guys are sitting around saying, "Oh yeah, we're we're just a bunch of muffins and we're gonna, you know, get ready." To... They, they 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 know what that's all about, and it's you know they think it's their turn. So you got to really be aware of some of these things that happen, and they happen inside the team during the spring and and early fall with the, with the uh, with our own guys and. Then you turn around, it can happen, you know, week after week. Last year, we lost to a bunch of these teams. Maybe our guys are going to say, well, you think you're, you think you're good? Let's see how good you are. And, and step it up a little bit, and maybe those things will disappear, you know, and you end up making some, you know, scoring points and winning. Charlie McBride with us, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, we'll uh, do this again. Thanks for jumping on with us today. Always love spending time with you. Well, good, Tony. Love you, buddy, and take care. Take care. Hey, tell t- take care of that Steve Warren. Don't let him get to be four hundred pounds. Oh wow! <laughs> love you too, coach. And I will get on him about that. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Tough man. love, baby. There it is. Tough week. love. <laughs> See you, coach. Okay, there he is. Bye wow. <laughs> Charlie McBride. Tony, real quick, bud. Aim Institute. Yeah, AIM Institute, um, Director of Business Development there, and basically we're a nonprofit that's trying to get more people into the tech space. Um, we're trying to promote local, and there's a lot of companies that need need skilled talent, and they're recruiting out of state. Well, we're trying to get some of our own people in our own community and more minorities in that space to actually take care of those opportunities. Well, get in touch with Tony Veland, AIM Institute, of course, the Warren Academy. Man, this is fun. Appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. Thank All you. Right, quick time out. Back with more after this. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GDR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. On the road, day one in Omaha, here with Hale Varsity Radio at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Cabela's to our right and Embassy to our left. Uh, we invite you out here back Friday 
for uh, a, a strong football kickoff. This is not an arm wrestling contest. Dr. Rob Zadiska <laughs> sits down next to me. Uh, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Big thanks to our friends at ESPN 590, Omaha's ESPN Husker Radio. Is, uh, we're day one here and uh, excited to have Dr. Rob Zadiska out, uh, part of the pipeline, Husker Hall of Famer and All-American, Tony Veland. And we just had Coach McBride who uh, lovingly uh, let let Tony know that that <laughs> tell Steve to to not get too heavy in, in no uh, exact words. It's you know what it's you finish playing. It's kind of a constant struggle. To, <laughs> I, I say that as I'm sitting here drinking an incredibly fully loaded beer. What did what did, what did we order? I got Cloud Lifter. It's it's one of Zip ones. I figure in honor of you coming up, I'm yeah. gonna go with one of the Lincoln beers. Well, good for you, man. No, we uh, we've been needing to tip one for a while. We'll do that. Nick Handley's here with uh, with his fam, and that's awesome. Nick on uh, noon to four leading. In to us. Rob, uh, camp uh, today uh, on the offensive line. We, we had you on a couple weeks ago talking O-line. What does Teddy and Turner on that left side <laughs> I was just, do, do, do for you? I was just going to say, it's nice seeing those guys out there getting snaps, taking reps, um, and kind of banging around a little bit. It, it's that's That's the thing that you know, I think Turner was going to be ready. I didn't have a lot of doubts about mm-hmm. that. That knee injury with Teddy, within the realm of, I mean, there's ACL tears that aren't that bad. There's ACL tears that are pretty bad. And, you know, my understanding is uh, is, is that Teddy's was pretty, that was a pretty darn good tear. I mean, Nasty. He, he did some damage to that knee, and the fact that he's back out there, at practice, right at the start here is key, I think. And I, you know, you, you hope that knee continues to progress, that he continues to progress as a player. But I thought he was by far and away the best returning offensive lineman on the team. And that's saying a lot for a guy that played last year as a true freshman. Because even last year when I watched him play, I thought he was pushing Cam Jurgens in terms of that status is the best O-lineman okay. on the team. And, and you see where, what happened with Cam. The guy's a second-round draft pick. And in my opinion, is one of the better centers to come through Lincoln over the last, I don't know, at least 10, 12 years. So. Enlighten me, and Elijah will jump in as well. But you played with, with Aaron Graham, was incredible. Jake Young, God rest his soul, incredible. Uh, and following i mean nebraska's been a, a spot for centers to thrive what's it take to be a good center what's being asked of, of a hickson what's being asked of a piper what's being asked of that race for center i mean remington obviously well. is the, the gold standard that <laughs> one get the snap right no <laughs> but i think hey they might do some more uh, under under center it, it is and, and you know that's a position where it, you know that guy touches the ball on every single play. There's, there's, in general, there's two guys that are touching the ball on every play from scrimmage, and that's the center and the quarterback. And so, you know, you, we can crack jokes about the snap. We can make fun of Cam's, whatever that was, kind of that first year and a mm-hmm. half that he started. But that's a situation where it impacted games. And once he got that snap down, God, that was a solid position for Nebraska. So you're kind of the point guy for the offensive line. And it's, um, 
oftentimes it's a guy who's making calls. He's reading the defense. I, I know at least when we played uh, at both the college and NFL level, kind of the first calls always came from the center position. And all the other calls along the line of scrimmage were based upon what the center was reading the defense. And so you can have a little bit of variability in some of those alignment-based calls, and they don't have to be perfect as long as everybody follows what the center is doing. And so center makes that call, gets it right, everything else is going to fall into place after that. They're kind of the captain of the offensive mm-hmm. line. And so it, it's you've got to get the snap down. You've got to have an understanding of defensive alignment and that ability to make the calls. And you've got to have that recognition quick because you're talking about a span of seconds that you're coming up, identifying the middle linebacker, identifying the safeties if they're creeping up or dropping back, and making that initial call. So it's that recognition, sort of that student of the game aspect has to be there as well too. Rob Zadish goes with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Rob, talk, talk about the, the body size of this scenario. It almost feels like it's a little bit different than other positions along the offensive line. I think back to my high school days where it's, well, you find the shortest offensive lineman, you stick him at center. And then, I mean, I, I even think about uh, here in recent years, Cam Jurgens a little undersized. Uh, going back a couple of years, Mike Caputo a little bit undersized. Hickson yeah, comes in I mean, at about 6'3", 305, so not necessarily undersized, but smaller than some other guys he's going to be playing with. Yeah, but it's not the six five, six five, six six, six eight guys uh, either. I mean, you don't see those guys, and I think a lot of it kind of gets down to you've got to be able to maintain that low center of gravity. You got to get low enough to play handball against a curb when you're in those interior spots. And if you're a guy who's like a Teddy Prochaska, if you're like. Um, if you're like Turner, if you're somebody who's built like, uh, oh, I'm thinking like Barnhart, anybody who's Ooh. like that, those six, seven on up guys, it, that's just, you know, it, it's tough for those guys. Now, you do see some tall centers out there over the years. I guess I'm, I'm thinking back to like a guy like Don Mosbar with the, this is old Raider days back in the <laughs> 1970s, I think 1980s. Auto. <laughs> yeah, that okay. That's really old Raider center you right there. The, I, I, the double odd on the jersey right. there. Uh-huh. But it's you know that's uh you just didn't see a lot of those six four plus guys at center. It's too too hard to get low. It is. It's just that you all of a sudden you'll start losing that leverage. And so when I look at it, the guys we've had recently. Hicks and you look at Cam Jurgens, it's all the height you need. Now, you, you want a little bit of reach on the arms. You don't want a guy, you don't want a T-Rex out there playing center. You want a guy who's got some length on his arms in, in terms of being able wow. to snap the ball but but still be able to get his hands on mm-hmm. uh, on those interior defensive linemen and keep those guys at a distance away from you. You want the same thing at guard. You want the same thing at tackle. That, that's where you, you hear the term, a certain player, they, they've got reach. They've got length. Mm-hmm. You hear those terms thrown out a lot. You know, it's basically you, you need a little bit of a longer arm on your offensive lineman just so they can maintain that separation from the defense. And oftentimes you don't necessarily find that on a lot of shorter guys. If you look at Cam Jurgens for a guy who is 6'3", maybe 6'4", 
he had great reach. Mm. One of the things that I think has made things work for Trent Hickson in his time at Nebraska, because keep in mind, this is a guy who walked on from Scott. Mm. And he ended up, he's got a year's, year, a little over a year as a starter under his belt at the guard position. But part of the reason that he was able to make it work is he's got some reach. He's not he's not six five, but he's got that reach, and that's kind of what you that's what you have to have playing that position. Doctor Rob Zadiska with this uh, Doc Talk podcast. Him and Travis Justice, of course, uh, catch their episodes. Uh, we're here at the Hale Varsity Club, kicking off day one in Omaha. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Tony Veland uh, who was with us in uh, this first hour along with Coach McBride. Also, Brandon Kenny came by, a little Better Call Saul shout-out for, uh, for, love that. for for the 2010 Huskers. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Dr. Rob, uh, a thought here uh, on what is, is, at least it looked like today, short snippet, I know 30 minutes, but with, uh, with Turner moving inside. You're a guy that played tackle his whole career and also in the NFL. What's I that? Did, What's I, that? My what? junior year actually was the starting left guard. You were a guard at okay so ninety three, huh? Yeah, so ninety one, ninety two tackle, ninety three. I was the starting left guard. Next the, to uh, had Lance Lumberg at oh, tackle. Lump, okay, Lumpy was Aaron, at left. Yeah, Lumpy okay. at left and uh, Graham at center. Um, but I was also the second string tackle. Okay. Sweet. So, so okay. in all honesty, basically Joel Wilkes and I kind of shared that guard spot. Okay. So I'd go in for a couple series at guard. Then I then Joel would come in. I'd go give give Lance a break at left tackle. Go give Weger a break at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go take a break and then come back in and just Joel, Lance, Zach, and I would kind of the four of us would sort of share sort of that left guard, left tackle, right tackle rotation. Was it hard cross-training? Um, you, you know, the only time was it, it tended to kind of muck up when, I, when I'd get my uh, when I'd get my grades back from Tenniper. Because <laughs> I remember the story I always tell, actually, I played both tackle spots in 92 as a sophomore. I was the swing tackle. And in that Colorado game in 92 where we just nuked Colorado on Halloween night, Tommy Frazier, it was sort of, Frazier had started a couple games prior to that, but it was like Tommy's coming out party where we just annihilated Colorado and Lincoln. I thought I'd grade out outstandingly well. I was making great. Good defense. Great calls left. Those Colorado teams were always a who's who of the next spring's NFL draft. Um, but I made some great calls, had some amazing blocks. It was one of the better games I played in my mind at that time. And I remember coming in to see the check out my how, how well I graded out them uh, on Monday at team meetings. And I, I kind of had this pretty mediocre grade. And I remember kind of I, I kind of had this look of disappointment on my face. And Coach Tenniper sees the look and he's like, well, he goes, he goes, Rob, you were swinging back and forth between positions the whole game. And he goes, you'd block the guy. You'd block the heck out of the guy. It'd be a great block. But you'd be at left tackling. You'd be stepping with a right tackle f- footwork on the play. Or you'd be at right tackling. You'd be stepping with a left tackle footwork on the play. And I'd be like, but yeah, coach, I kicked the guy's ass. Though. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, but you didn't step right. You so didn't I got do down- it right. So I got to downgrade you. So. 
it was things like that would pop up when you switch positions you got to be careful because it's it's often easy to know the assignment know who you have to block but you go out and you block the guy and you may block him effectively most of the time but you might be doing it with the technique from one of the other spots you're playing dr rob zadiska we're against a hard break hang out five more minutes uh, Dr. Rob Zadisk having a, a nice uh, zip line here. We're at the Hale Varsity Club. More thoughts. So uh, we continue on a Monday. Uh, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine or annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. The White Hat. So we are pointing out friends and family. That's Garth Glitzman, yeah, right there. That's Garth Glitzman. G-Unit is back. One more time. We're on the air. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Garth's like, hey, how are you? I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Silver's hiding with a trank dart. Don't that's a, go that's on the an radio. N- that's an NBA guy right there. No, I know it is. I know it is. Dr. Rob Zanisk is here. Uh, Pipeline Hall of Famer, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club. Invite you out. We're, we'll be here on Fridays uh, leading up to Ireland. Uh, I want to see you here four to six. And then home, let me check that, uh, road football Fridays. We'll be up here getting your weekend kicked off. Dr. Rob, uh, it's been a lot of fun talking O-line with you and uh, getting into it. A couple of quick questions. One, uh, the, the back and forth is what we highlighted with some of Mickey Joseph's comments today about how the wideouts uh, got uh, got it handed to him, and I'm, I'm expounding on that, but he wasn't in a good tone today. <laughs> Mickey Joseph wasn't. The back and forth uh, – with with your units and, and coach mcbride touched on it as well but what did that do for you i mean it wasn't always pleasant but it was probably necessary the back and forth oh, the o-line and d-line 100 percent. i mean i you know i think it, it's kind of like there's the whole iron sharpens iron mentality mm-hmm. and i think playing against those guys was absolutely key we went we went full pads a lot in practice. I mean, there was a lot of contact, and I think that was something Osborne always believed in. Now, I don't think we were beating each other up, and I thought Osborne as a head coach was very judicious about how we used contact in practice. But it's not like we were do, out there doing walkthroughs with these guys. I mean, when you got NFL guys butting heads with NFL guys, that makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. And if you've got the opportunity to, to do that, it's going to make you a better player. And so you've got to be able to have that. And I, I thought it was absolutely key in terms of our development. First, first one-on-one pass protection I had to do in practice ever at Nebraska was against Kenny Walker. Oh, wow. First team All-American. Kenny's awesome. Love him. Made the Pro Bowl at the Denver Broncos. I didn't even see the guy. I got down in my stance. They said, hut. I come up. 
he's gone. <laughs> he was around me so fast that I never even had a chance to get a finger on him. That's the kind of competition you've got to have if you want to get better, and that only comes from getting out there, putting on the pads, and having that level of contact. And again, as well as long as you do it judiciously, it's something that that's going to make a team better. So you got to have that. Rob Zadishka is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Rob, you talk about that competition. I've been hearing stories at a camp here in the past week or so of. Uh, offensive linemen going to uh, get some hydration IVs after practice. They're, they're drinking the pickle juice shots, pickle juice popsicles. <laughs> is, that, is that commonplace in a fall camp, or, or is that telling you something about the, the type of intensity that, that they're going at at this fall camp? It's, you know, that's, well, I think it's a couple of things. One, <laughs> it's freaking hot out. <laughs> I mean, when it's 93 degrees and humid as all heck, you're going to have some of that going on. Um, but but it is. I, I, I think it's I, – I would, you know, kind of as sort of one of these old school guys, part of me always has that like, well, these guys need to get in better shape. <laughs> um, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, believe me. I, I, I know how Zach De, – Zach Duvall is the kind of strength coach that when he puts guys through a workout, if a few guys aren't puking, then he's not happy because that means he hasn't trained them hard enough. These guys are working hard. They're training hard during the offseason. These guys are going through the paces. I, I, I truly do believe that. I think it's a sign of the weather. It, it's brutal out right now. Um, it's, it, it's a sign of the intensity of the practice. And, and that's something that like you like to see. You like to see a level of intensity that by the time practice is over, guys are spent. You want to practice as hard as you're playing a game. I mean, it was always one of those kind of coaching axioms that it, the, the practice has to be harder than the game. The training that you do in the offseason has to be harder than the practice. That's where success comes from. And so if these guys are out there and they're, they're button heads, they're getting after it, you're having a high level of physicality, you're getting that level of football conditioning in through these practices that's something you've got to have so i like seeing that another zip line oh i'm good right now straw oh, no, for your beer no straw no okay. straw what is raw what I, i'm just messing with that i'm, I'm warming up <laughs> to the i'm warming up to the uh, the fanny pack question <laughs> Yeah, what's, what, what about it? I'm asking. The fanny pack in college. There is no question. Fanny packs are key. Okay. Explain to me uh, the, 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 the necessity here of, of the fanny pack because you're the only guy in the pipeline that wore a fanny pack in those pictures. Well, I'm the only guy. There's one picture, and I'm the only guy in that picture <laughs> that you can see the damn fanny pack. But I think like two out of three of oh, so all two, of, all two of or the, three of us were wearing. But you're the guy them. who takes it on social media for or the, hey, dude, what was in the fanny pack? So here's the thing, okay? Fanny packs. That, that's everyone like had the, them in the early nineties. Everybody had one. You can't tell me you didn't have. A fanny I didn't. Pack. I didn't. Sad. That's just sad, dude. Dude, I, I was I'm, super, super not, chubby. It would have. It would have. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Okay. I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, it, dude. There's a minivan uh, of like clothing accoutrements. Did I mean, you? Did you have the uh, the hacky sack in it? I didn't play hack. We were offensive line. We didn't play hacky sack. That's what the soccer Because all the kids I knew did. at Southeast that had the fanny packs had lots of things in their fanny pack and 
a hacky sack. It ain't a hacky sack. You know, it was so all of so all of us wore ath- the, like the the football team issued athletic shorts. Yeah. There's and no pockets. No pockets. Zero. They didn't put pockets in them back then. This is this is like the dawn of time. <laughs> so n- pockets had not been invented yet. And so if you're walking around and you got you got your you got a money clip, you got your wallet, you got your chapstick, you, you got your hotel room key. Phone, eventually. Dude, this is nineteen ninety four. So, so, so the brick phone. <laughs> yeah, that it came in its own fanny pack. The phone had its <laughs> the fan had its own backpack basically that you had to carry. So so no one kept the fanny pack on for the various pipeline pictures but you. I didn't. You know what? I was gonna. Um, I, I had no problem representing the fanny pack. I was secure enough. Someone's got in, a problem with it in my self in, in my self esteem that I had no problem with the fanny pack. And there's lots of the rock. Up. The rock wore one. That's true. And you know fanny what? Fanny pack. And you know what? You didn't do. You were the guy that didn't wear the turtleneck with the chain around. Yeah, that was that was that was a bad look in Nebraska. <laughs> I, and it was a bad look. The, the look the Rock would say, "Rob Zadiska, we're winding down a Monday. It's Hale Varsity. Hang on." Can't believe you brought up Fanny Pack. <laughs> like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here at Hail Varsity Club on a Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, big thanks to those who came out. Big thanks to Tony Veland. Big thanks to Brandon Kenny. Big thanks to Dr. Rob Zadiska. Of course, the Doc Talk podcast. And I, I, you know, it's just in fun. I don't need to be broken half on Streamyard about your fanny pack, my I feel, friend. I feel bad, dude. Because I, I didn't get to experience a fanny pack as a. As a kid or an adult i'm a little upset you don't have one on right now no i i don't <laughs> your point about pockets is is well although now the, the so apparently roughly right around 1997 they invented cargo shorts yeah and you, <laughs> you got your cargo shorts on. again it's it's sort of the, i love them it's sort of again it's it's like the cargo shorts replaced the the fanny they, pack they replaced the fanny pack it, it's sort of the uh it, it's the it's a MacGyver it's, utility it's, belt deal. Dude, it is the Dodge Caravan <laughs> minivan it's of, of, like, of like menswear. It's like, do, do they look good? No, not really. But are you they don't sty- care. Are they stylish? Not at all. Are they comfortable? And can you put stuff in them? Heck and yes. They, they are yep. functional. They, they are, are they absolutely are, functional. They, they are, they are, 
they're what? they're definitely function over form. What is the, what's the uh, what's the problem with the backpack versus the the fanny, fanny pack? Yeah. See, okay, one too big makes your makes your neck and shoulders ache if you if you wear it around too much. And then, so the thing is, is that, like I said, the cargo shorts have replaced the fanny pack. So I got to be honest, probably not going back to the fanny pack, despite my love for that era. <laughs> probably not going back to the fanny pack. So the, the problem with a backpack is I want something that if I got to get up and, I don't know, run out of here real quick, building's on fire. Out of beer. I don't need to grab anything. Well, I'll grab my beer, definitely. But <laughs> I, I don't need to grab anything. If, it, if it's cargo shorts, I'm already wearing them. If it's, if it's, a, if it's a backpack, i got to go find my backpack. When did the fanny pack go goodbye? Oh, boy. I, I think, Training camp? Yeah, I think that thing disappeared as soon as I graduated from Nebraska because the New York Giants... Their athletic shorts had pockets. <laughs> <laughs> they, they invent some sometime around night like late '94, early 1995. At least, at least in the New York metropolitan area, athletic shorts started being made with pockets. So the fan, the fanny pack went away. Steve tweets in the fanny packs were to hold the captain's wrappers. Whatever that means. That's a reference I'm not getting. I don't get it either. I need to, to enlighten myself. Dr. Rob, what's coming up on the next pod, buddy? You know, we're going to, right now, we're going to kind of start gearing up towards the, like, actual season preview. So we're, we got a, we, we got a touch base. We, we kind of had it actually scheduled with uh, one of the beat guys for uh, for Northwestern. Okay. So we got to circle back around with him and kind of get that podcast uh, taped and recorded. We we got some fun stuff that's coming up. So I don't want to I don't want to spill the beans too quickly before Travis uh, gets it going. Gets it going. But I mean, we we got some fun stuff that's going to be coming up that is, that's going to literally harken back to our television days. At, Oh, when, when sound we, off? Yeah, when we were doing sound off together. So we're gonna have, we've got some fun stuff uh, that that's coming up here. That's gonna be a, it, it's gonna be really cool. Rob Zadiska, thank you so much, man. Appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely, good to see you guys. All right, uh, back uh, tomorrow on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.